favorite dessert? Everyone loves dessert. Who are my dessert people? Yeah, all right, good. good. All right, uh, why don't you just yell out your favorite desserts? Just go. Okay, all right. This is what I heard. This is what I heard. I heard a whole lot of jumble, but I heard ice cream. I definitely heard ice cream. All right. I heard cheesecake. Where are my cheesecake people? All right. I heard brownies. Where are my brownie people? All right. When I was young, I remember my mom used to make, and she still makes this, this is incredible dessert I used to love. It was, it was like this layered brown, like this layered like bar thing. It had uh, like uh, the chocolate chips in it and coconut, and it had graham cracker, and it had, uh, well, what else did it have in it? The butterscotch chocolate chips. It had like chocolate shavings. Um, it was just so, so good. And she'd make this, like it was like, a, it wasn't dessert you could get just at the store. It's like a special dessert my mom made. Does anyone have like that special? special dessert their mom makes or their grandmother makes, like that thing that it's like, it's special, they know the ingredients of it, it's very good. Uh, one time my mom made it and she told me and you know, she, I was excited, I was coming home from a very long, treacherous day of school, I dropped my briefcase on the floor, took my tie off and you know, and I was very, very tired, very treacherous day at school and she told me I made the special bars that you like and I got a big smile on my face, like that moment when you know like the special dessert you love has been made for you and like it, you could have a lot of problems and those problems all melt away because you know you're about to stuff your face full of like goodness and like sugary goodness. So uh, I get the bar, I bite into it, and it tastes a little different. Tastes a little different. Tastes like it's missing something. And so, and because I know this is like my favorite dessert. I mean, if you are a favorite dessert person, you have your favorite dessert, you can tell when something's a little off. Maybe an ingredient's missing, maybe it was cooked a little too long, maybe it wasn't cooked long enough. Like, you know your favorite dessert very, very well. And I look at my mom, like, Mom, I think it tastes like something's missing. She's like, yeah. She's like, I didn't know you'd notice. We didn't have any butterscotch uh, chocolate chips, so we said I had to make it without it. I'm like, Mom, I'm like, you can't tell me you made me my special dessert and then not really make it. I don't know what this is, but this isn't for me. And I threw it on the floor. I'm kidding. I did not throw it on the floor. But I was very unhappy because it, you can tell, like, you can tell when it's missing something. Here's the thing about ingredients, okay? When you know something really well and you know when it tastes perfect or you know when it's right, it's very easy to peg when it's wrong. Here's uh, the thing I want you to write down. This is very, very important. It's the next slide up here on the screen. When it comes to friendships, knowing the ingredients of the right friends should be just as noticeable. It should be just as noticeable knowing the ingredients of the right friends as it is knowing the ingredients of your favorite dessert. All right, let me tell you this way. I have a friend, when we graduated uh, uh, high school, he went into the military, super cool guy, uh, got a job uh, in the Secret Service after he got done serving, and he worked uh, in the Secret Service, and they do stuff for the Treasury Department. So here's just a fun fact, if you don't know this. Treasury Department, one of the things they do, the Secret Service people do with the Treasury Department, is they go investigate money that is like fraudulent money, fake money. Someone makes money on their printer and they try and pass it off as real money. They go and investigate this. And so I was sitting there talking with them and, and trying to understand, like, that must be so hard. Like, it must be so hard to have to learn, like, all the different ways people can fake money, all the different variations of fake money that could be out there. Because you got to, like, you ha like, if you investigate, like, money, you have to know all the different ways they could make it fake. And you, so it must be a lot of studying, like, all the different ways they can make it fake and all the fake ways they do money. And he looked at me and said, no, no, we don't study the ways that they fake doing money. We spend our time studying 
what a, the real money looks like. We spend our time studying what a real $100 bill looks like so that if we ever see something that isn't real, we know it right away. We know the details of what makes something right. So when we see something that's wrong, we know it immediately. Here's the thing about friendships. We've all been in good friendships before, but chances are we haven't really known why those friendships have been good. They've just been good. You've connected with someone. You've gelled with them. You've had similar interests. You did similar things. They treated you the way you wanted to be treated. It was vice versa. You treated them the right way, and the friendship was good. And other times we have friendships that aren't so good, and it's like, well, it feels like we should be friends, or we used to be friends, but we're just not friends anymore. And why is that? Here's the thing that I love about the Bible. God is not above our friendships. He does not look at our friendships like a waste of time. He doesn't look at our friendships like, oh, those are people problems, and I'm God. I have bigger things to worry about than people problems. God cares about our friendships. Our friendships matter to God. So when he wrote the Bible and inspired the people who wrote the Bible, which that Bible video was really fun. We're going to throw it on Instagram later. Uh, when he inspired the people who wrote the Bible, he made sure they talked about friendships. Here's the key verse I want you guys to learn this uh, whole series. I told you it was the verse to memorize. This is a verse that's out of uh, uh, Ecclesiastes chapter 4. This is what it says. Two people are better off than one, for they can help each other succeed. If one person falls down, the other can reach out and help, but someone who falls alone is in real trouble. You know, if you have had someone who's been there for you when things have been really tough, like, you know what this is like. You know, you go to the bathroom. You accidentally, and guys, you know what this is like. You accidentally pee your pants. You don't, you're not meaning to, but you do it. And you have that friend that you can go to and say, man, I was in the bathroom, I, I don't know what happened, I was texting, catching the Charizard in the toilet, and I peed myself, what do I do? And they're like, dude, don't worry about it, man, here is a flannel, just wrap this around you, no one will know you peed yourself except for me, and I'll make you relive it all the time. That is the mark of a true friend. That's the friend that when you fall down, they're there to help pick you up. That's the kind of friend I want to have. The I will help you not be embarrassed by peeing your pants friend. Everyone should have a friend like that. Here's what the Bible says about really good friends in Proverbs chapter 17, verse 17. Check it up here on the screen. A friend is always loyal and a brother or sister is born to help in a time of need. When I was a kid in junior high, I went to a church called Eastern Hills Wesleyan Church in New York, Buffalo, New York. Go Bills, start of the season, I can't wait. And some of my friends there, I still remember these guys, first and last names, Jeff Tix, Steve Priola, John Michael Harrington. These are some of my closest friends. We were all in a life group together with our youth pastor, Tony Spino, super cool guy. And we met every, this is, you don't want to know about our life groups? Let me talk about life groups back when I grew up, okay? So I feel super old right now, but it's totally true. When I grew up, you don't want to know when we did life groups when I grew up? 8.30 in the morning on a Saturday, we used to drive to church to meet our youth pastor to do our life group. And I'm not making this up. 8.30 in the morning on a Saturday. And do you know how many of those life groups I missed? Zero. I was there every single week. Even though I love playing with, uh, watching cartoons, which I love watching cartoons, even though I love that, I never missed a Saturday. My friends who were in my life group, they never missed a Saturday. Because these were friends, we were loyal to each other, we could count on each other. We all went to the same school, we all went to the same church, we all had each other's back. On Sunday, we had tables with the church I grew up at, so we'd all sit at the same table. Like, we were loyal friends with one another. That was a beautiful thing for me. That is what I needed. I thrived in friendships like that. But those weren't all the friendships I had. I had different kind of friends. Here's a Bible verse that would express a little bit of those different kind of friends that I had. It's going to be up here on the screen. It's out of uh, uh, 1 Corinthians 
Here it is. Bad, don't be misled. This is what it says in the Bible. Don't be misled. Bad company corrupts good character. I had friends like this. I'll be honest with you. I was totally this kind of a friend. I went through a season in high school where I was not a good friend. I led my friends into very bad things. There was this one kid, okay? This is a true story. This one kid. We bullied this kid, okay? So I was a bully. I was a bad kind of bully. I, it was not good, and I was a very different person when I was younger. But it was this kid that was bullying, okay? And we all had cars, and I thought it would be really funny to let the air out of this guy's tires. I felt so bad for this. I, have apolo- I just want you to know that I've already apologized to this guy like five years ago when I became more mature. I felt so guilty about it. But this guy, he had this truck. We decided it would be great to let the air out of a couple of his tires, and we did. And I got my friends rallied around, and we were like, oh, let's do it. Here's the thing about leadership that I learned. I was always a leader. Like, I was always the leader type. And a lot of you in this room, you are leader types. Like, you see in yourself leadership or people have spoken into you about leadership and what you can do. I think there's a lot of leaders in this room uh, that I see some guys in my life grouped girls who are leaders in the room um, who I just see leadership in them. But the thing about leaders is, and the Bible speaks to this, you're either going to be a really good leader that leads people in the right direction or you're going to be the leader that leads people in the wrong direction. I had friends, and I was a friend who led my friends in the wrong direction. I was the friend that corrupted their good character. Kids that probably wouldn't let the air out of people's tires, I was like, no, 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 you don't get it, you don't get it. If we let the air out of his tires, he can't drive away. Like, you don't get it. It's going to be awesome. We'll watch from, like, over there, and we'll laugh at him as he's, like, frantic. And they were like, oh, yeah, are you sure? I'm like, oh, dude, I'm totally sure. I was a terrible, terrible, terrible guy when I did that. Very, very uncool, very, very mean. I was the friend that corrupted good character, but I was always a leader. Now, here's the thing. If you're the type of person that you lead your group of friends, which is great, there's always kind of a leader in every group, are you leading them in the right direction or the wrong direction? And here's even a bigger way of thinking about it. You here at church, are you the same person here at church as you are the person at school? So your friend group that you have at church, maybe you have a life group at church made up of people that go to different schools, but when you go to school, are you a completely different person? Like when you go to school, do you talk about like, hey, what did you guys do this weekend? Oh, I went to Disneyland, or you know, I went getting the food, oh, I went to church, or you know, it was awesome. We talk about friendship, and this ta- pastor guy, he's tattooed, he's bald, he tells crazy stories, and you know, he was a super cool guy, these are all good things you could say about me. You know, he's really funny, and he's attra- his wife thinks he's really attractive, and I could see that, like, you know, he's a great dad, all these great, his Instagram account is just incredible, he has so many followers, you know, all these great things you can say about him. Do you say all those things, or do you downplay that you spend your time at church on a weekend? Do you downplay it on Tuesday or Wednesday or Thursday night you're in a life group? Because the, the friend you are at church is different than the friend you are at school. Here's the thing. You are going to be led or lead your friends in a direction. Well, let's figure out some of the characteristics of a healthy direction. This is what it says. This is one of my favorite passages in Galatians chapter 5. This is what it says. But the Holy Spirit produces this kind of fruit in our lives. Now, I'm not going to read them off, but we're going to leave the verse up there for a second. And I want to explain this. In the very beginning, in this town called Galatia, they started a church. So imagine if we all were a town, and a couple of us were like, hey, have you heard about this guy Jesus? Have you heard the rumors of this guy Jesus? We should start, like, a church. We should start, like, something. They didn't even call it church then. They, they actually called it a gathering of the followers of the way. That's what, that's what it was called. They didn't call it being a Christian or Christianity. They didn't call it any of those things. They called it followers of the way. So these guys and girls got together, and they'd be like, all right, well, let's, let's do this thing. Let's do church. Let's, let's start worshiping and learning more about the teachings of this guy, Jesus. So this church in Galatia, they're very young. They're figuring out a lot like you guys, figuring out their faith. 
They're trying to kind of learn and figure out what they believe. They're trying to figure out and learn what Jesus taught about. And as they were kind of going through this journey of learning, there was a guy named Paul who was a pastor to them. All right, so just like I'm your pastor, Paul was like their pastor. Paul would write them letters and give them encouragement. He would check in on them. Just like I check in on your leaders and your life groups and see how life groups are going, Paul was checking in on them, seeing how they're doing. And a very young church, they're kind of still figuring things out, he wrote them this letter telling them about the things that they would have, the ingredients that they would have as a follower of Jesus. And this is what's so good. He said that the Holy Spirit would give you these things. Now, a lot of people don't know who the Holy Spirit is, and I'm not going to go into a whole thing about it, but let me explain it this way. When Jesus was here on earth, he said, I'm going to leave. I'm going, and all his friends freaked out because Jesus had friends. All his friends freaked out. They were losing their minds. And they looked at Jesus, and they said, well, if you're leaving, who's gonna, who are we going to go to for help? Who's going to help us figure things out? Like, who are we going to go to for counsel or to get advice, and who are we going to go to? And Jesus said, don't worry about it. I'm leaving someone here with you that will help you the Holy Spirit. He's going to be the person you can go to. So when you spend time in prayer and you feel that little nudge, maybe that little voice in your head kind of leaning you in a direction, that's not Jiminy Cricket crawling in your ear, planting his little Jiminy Cricket eggs in your ear. That's, yeah, I know it's gross, right? Thinking about that, but it's real. YouTube video, spiders in people's ears planting eggs. So that's not Jiminy Cricket in your ear planting eggs. You know what that is? It's the Holy Spirit saying, I think you should do this. It's the Holy Spirit leaning you in a direction. It's the Holy Spirit who's living in you and through you and helping you. It's the Holy Spirit. It's a very good thing. Now, here's the part of the Holy Spirit. One of the things he provides us is like a big list of ingredients, things that make us who we are, help us make us be more like Jesus, more like Christ. Here's the list. Love, joy, peace. Ooh, here we go. Patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control, the fruits of the Spirit. When I look at these things, this list, and if you're looking to learn this list, I recommend you do. It's on Galatians 5 in the Bible. And I look at this list, and this list serves a purpose. It tells us as followers of Jesus, these are the things to aspire to. These are the things to live out in your life. You know, as you're developing your character, have your character be built on things like this. And do you know what else is important? If you build your character and your life on things like this, when people think about you, they're like, oh man, that person, that's, that person's totally like patient. That person's totally faithful. He's totally, she or he, she or she has total self-control. There's total joy in that person, love in that person, kindness in that person. This isn't just a, a list of characteristics that go into making someone or helping someone become more like Jesus. It's actually a list that helps us really become great friends with one another. You know, Jesus didn't come to earth just to show us some stuff and teach us some stuff and then leave. Jesus came to earth to give us an example. Do you know what an example is? So I was building something the other day for my kid. Now, like most guys, I don't know if anyone's dad is like this, they feel like they can make things without directions. Anyone's dad like this? I don't need directions. I see the picture on the box. I see the stuff. I have some tools. What could go wrong? That's me. I'm that guy. So my wife, Brittany, she is not like that. She's like, babe, you should look at the directions. You should read through them. Reading? Who talked about reading? I don't need I have a hammer. I have a screwdriver. I have a thing with electricity that has a saw that cuts stuff. I don't need to read. So I throw the directions to the side, and I start you know, kind of putting it together and building it. And I finished. I use every single part. Not only was it unsafe for a child to play with, 
uh, it did not last long standing on the legs that I somewhat secured to its base. It fell down quickly. You know, I could have used the directions. I could have used the example to help me build something that was worthwhile. Jesus didn't come to earth just to say some stuff and leave. He came to earth to leave us an example to look at. That when we look at ourselves, we're able to say, am I like that? Like, here's what we do sometimes as young Christians. We screw this up. And I'm going to tell you how we screwed up. We look at other people and we compare ourselves to other people. And we say, well, why aren't I more like him? Why aren't I more like him? Look at that girl. She brings her Bible to church. Look at this guy. He's praying all the time. Like, why am I not more like that? I should be more like that. And do you know what that person who brings their Bible to church or is praying all the time is saying? Man, why aren't I more like that girl? She, like, takes really good notes. All I do is bring my Bible. And look at her taking really good notes. Or the guy who's praying is like, why? Look at me. I'm just praying all the time. But look at that guy up there worshiping. Why aren't I a worshiper like that? And do you know what the guy worshiping is saying and the girl taking notes saying? Man, why aren't I up there serving, leading worship? Why aren't I doing it? Why am I sitting here in the seats? You know, why am I just taking notes? Look at them over there. They're writing down prayer requests and putting them in the box. Why aren't I doing that? See, here's what we do. We compare ourselves to people for absolutely no reason because everyone is looking somewhere else when we all should be looking at Jesus. See, Jesus came to give us an example to live by. These ingredients, these characteristics are the ingredients that go into the example he left for us. Jesus was loving. He was walking down the road and would stop and talk to someone in need who was homeless or had a disease. He took time for them. He loved people. He was joyful. He knew he was going to give up his life, but he was full of joy. He was peaceful with people. He didn't want war. He didn't want arguments. You know, all the Pharisees tried to loop him into a fight, but he didn't want that. He was patient with people. The disciples never understood. you got to see, some of these disciples, they were knuckleheads. They don't know what was going on. They were like, Jesus, what are you talking about? You're going to leave one day? Like, this is crazy. And it's like, I've been talking about this for three years. I'm going to leave. I'm going to come back, the whole thing. And they didn't get it. The disciples didn't get it. He was patient with them. He was kind to people. He was good with people. He wasn't full of anger and arguments and hate. He was faithful. He was gentle. He had self-control. Here's the thing. He left us this example to do two things. One, hopefully that we would be like this. That we would be like this in our life to be like Christ, to be like him in how we do our daily life. But when it comes to friendships, it's unique. Because this example is not just an example of what we should look for in friends. It's actually an example of the kind of friend we should be to other people. Ask yourself this question when you look at this list. Are these the kind of friends I have? Like, do the people I surround myself with, are they like this? Or am I surrounded with people who are always looking to argue? Do I, am I surrounded by people who they have made it their job this school year to exclude people, not include people? Am I friends with people who have a self-control about them that, that aren't lunatics that are just flying off and they get, that someone says something that sets them off and they're just yelling or fighting or they're talking bad about people because they have no self-control? Here's the even better question. When people would ask about you, when people would say, what kind of friend are you, would they say these things about you? Would they say, oh yeah, like they totally have self, that's why I love being their friend. They totally have self-control. They totally love people. They're totally full of joy. See, it's really easy to look at other friends and say, man, I wish you had this, or I wish you had that, or, or I really need friends who have, have these things. And it's really hard to look in the mirror and say, am I these things to the friends around me? 
Do I have the ingredients of being a good friend? Am I like Christ in how I operate my daily life? Here is the big idea for today. This is what I want you to go home with. Right friends have the right ingredients. And it needs to be a question to you. Are you surrounded with the right friends with the right ingredients? Are you the right friend for someone? Do you have the right ingredients? Do you need to leave and go apologize to someone because you have not been treating them good? Do you need to go have a difficult conversation with a friend because they have not been acting the way a friend should be acting either to you or to one of your other friends? Hey, it isn't just about you and what you have and the friends around you. It's about you and the friend that you are to other people. You know, here's what I'm going to ask you to do. This next week, uh, we're going to have a lot of great opportunities to be around friends. We're starting life groups this week. We're going back to school this week. Everyone's in school now, so we're all in the same level playing field of education. Good deal. Some people are even homeschooled, so that's pretty cool. And this week is an opportunity to reach out to friends, new friends, old friends. It's a chance for you to think about the friend that you're being to people and a chance to really reflect on, are you being the right kind of friend or are, do you have places that you can learn, places that you can grow in how you're a friend? Now, here's the best part. Next week, this is going to be so good, Next week, we're talking all about conflict and friendships. So if you have a friend there's a little bit of conflict with, maybe you've had a conflict in the past, and a friendship, you're in the middle of an argument, or a friendship is just blown up and you don't know what to do, next week, we're talking all about it. It's going to be so cool. And when you leave today and you go see your parents and they say, hey, what'd you learn today in church? You're going to be able to say, I learned that right friendships have the right ingredients. And then you look at your parents and what do you say to your parents? What did you learn today in church? And if they don't pony up with something... Woo! You email me and I'll get on there. I'll have Kenton get on their case about it. Hey, let me pray for you guys. As you leave today, you're going to get a, a little pamphlet. It's called the Instagames Guide. It's how to plan and run Instagames. It's going to be so cool. This costs no money at all, and we're giving away incredible prizes. Invite some friends over. This is so easy to do. Let me pray for you guys before we go. Heavenly Father, thank you so much for all these students. Thank you so much for how you have gifted them, how you have made them. And I pray, God, that as we go through this next week of school, that you just equip them with all the good things so they can just have fun and learn, but have great friendships, that they can apply what they learn throughout the week and making sure their friendships have the right ingredients. Uh, we pray all this in your name. Amen. All right, guys. Go out that door. Have fun. See you all later. See you all later.